my money. Money. I get money from you. Money in the bank. Young money. Money, 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 money. It's the rich man's world. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. World-renowned financial advisor and best-selling author Barry James Dyke will arm you with the truth. This is The Economic Warrior. Please note, the opinions expressed on this show are of the individuals who speak them, and not necessarily of Portsmouth Community Radio, its members, or board of trustees. And good good afternoon, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, from the cold streets of uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, it's uh, it's winter, huh? It winter. is really winter up here. It's, it's winter, wicked uh, winter. Winter, and so we got uh, I got uh, handsome uh, Bill Clogger, my engineer, and I got Will Pierce here, my sidekick, and we're gonna have Mark Pollock on from the Giving Back Fund around uh, uh, quarter past the hour, and we're gonna talk about the state of the art of uh, charitable giving in the United States. So this should be an interesting call, Mark. Uh, well, happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. You, you're back here in Boston. I'd rather be in L.A. in this weather right now, but uh, great to talk to you and great to finally have you as a guest, Mark. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be a guest. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been a fan of yours for so many years, and this is my first uh, – I, I finally reached the, the varsity. You finally reached the varsity, yeah. So, any event, so, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, everyone here in the studio, our engineer Phil Kleiger – uh, or Klieger, as they say, uh, uh, is from Newton, and uh, Will Pierce, my sidekick, he's from uh, Cambridge. You lived out here in Newton Wellesley, didn't you, for a while? Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting in Newton as we speak, right right in Newton. So uh, Grove Street in Newton. Grove Street. Do you know where that is, Phil? I know exactly where that is. Well, any event. So, well, <laughs> welcome back to New England, and uh, make sure you hoist a, a brew at the Reunion Street tonight if you happen to go down to <laughs> Union Street tonight, sir. Okay, I will. Okay. Uh, so, Mark, uh, first, you know, we would. Could you tell our audience I know about you? Uh, gee whiz, I've known you now like 10, 15 years. Uh, no, twenty. 20. Is it twenty years? That's how- that's how fast time goes, 20 years. We're, we're going to be 22 years old. The Giving Back Fund will be 22 on February 5th. Yeah, and I remember that. She was, Mark, I remember we met in Boston for lunch or dinner or whatever it was. And, and that's when you had Bob Costas, I think, was on the board, wasn't he? And I used to, Yeah, he was our chairman. He was our first chairman. Yeah, yeah and because and I, I knew his ex-wife very well. That's another story. We'll, we'll continue off air at some Randy, point. Randy, yep. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Randy, yeah. Yeah, so Randy Krumenacher. <laughs> Knocker, you don't even know it. So, uh, but please, could you tell the audience about uh, your background, how you started the Giving Back Fund, and so on? Sure. Um, well, as you may remember, this is a, a second career for me. Uh, my background is uh, I'm actually a Holocaust scholar. Um, I did uh, a PhD with Elie Wiesel, um, a blessed memory, and uh, had a many-year career uh, in Holocaust studies, uh, working with him and working on the museum in Washington, and I founded a Holocaust center in Miami, and I taught Holocaust studies. And then um, I ended up creating a foundation for Ellie when he won the Nobel Peace Prize uh, back in 1986. And, you know, when you win the Nobel Peace Prize, it, it makes you a celebrity, uh, as if he wasn't already, but there aren't that many Nobel Peace laureates, and uh, the ones who are are well-known. And so... Um, I noticed that celebrity uh, has its privileges. It gets your calls returned, and 
uh, people pay a little bit more attention to celebrities than uh, to someone like me. And so um, from that um, effort in creating a foundation for Ellie, the idea came into my head a few years later that what I was doing for Ellie, I could do for anybody who had um, the characteristics of celebrity, who had wealth, fame, and um, a public persona, and, and if they were an athlete, they had a fan base and team relationships and corporate relationships, and that you could aggregate all of those assets and line them up and leverage them on behalf of whatever the person's philanthropic cause was. And so in 1997 in Boston, I created um, what, what became the Giving Back Fund, which is a national community foundation that creates and manages charitable foundations. At the beginning, it was for athletes and entertainers, for celebrities. And over the years, uh, it grew, and, um, and now we manage philanthropy for anybody, for corporations, for individuals, for athletes, entertainers. We're the official philanthropy partner of the entire the Players Association. So we still work with celebrities, but now we work with, uh, with anybody. Well, that's that's a good thing, Mark. Because sometimes it's just uh, dealing with uh, celebrities is not an easy thing. We've had some on this show, and some are great, and some are very difficult to reach. But uh, yeah, you know, so yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I, I I never say uh, anything negative about anybody, but yes, uh, sometimes celebrities can be uh, challenging, but. <laughs> But they have the, the characteristics that when you um, want to do philanthropy, um, the ones who want to do it right um, have tremendous reach because of their uh, celebrity. Um, and it, 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 as, as you can see from someone like Michael J. Fox, who is on the way to curing Parkinson's disease, you know, if it was Michael J. Smith, you might not get the same amount of donations or the same amount of attention to that disease as he's been able to bring because he's Michael J. Fox. Uh, so w- when you're a celebrity who cares passionately about a certain cause, uh, you're able to take that spotlight that's on you and shine it on the cause, and that uh, often is, is a, a very uh, tremendous asset. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Mark, you know, because this is the, you know, we, uh, we have some mutual friends. Who, uh, they're, it's a tremendous, we are a celebrity culture, and now, after all, um, when you first started running the Giving Back Fund, you had offices in Boston and in L.A. And why, why did you consolidate to all L.A.? Is this because that's where the action is, Mark? Well, we started out in Boston, and you can certainly do sports from Boston, but it's a little harder to do uh, to do entertainment from Boston. But L.A., you can do both. Um, it's the entertainment capital of the world, and all of the sports teams uh, circle through there. So we just found out that it was easier um, to do both from L.A., and then there was an economic reason, and I know your your show is focused on economics. Um, way back in uh, 2001, uh, we started working with Magic Johnson, and he offered us free office space. Oh. So, um, the little bit I know about business, we were paying a fortune for office space in Boston, and we were offered free space in L.A., and I realized that the free is better than paying a fortune. Oh, I never knew that. So, hey, well, God bless Magic Johnson. So he helped you. He gave you kind of a, a jump start then, huh? So he did. He gave us uh, some free office space, and I was smart enough to make friends with the owner of the building, and uh, we became very good friends with him, and so we ended up uh, for 15 years getting free office space, and that, and that was a tremendous help to us as we grew. 
Well, that that's awesome. Now, the uh, because we, where's your office? You're out. You're you're in Century Boulevard. You're out by the airport. Am I correct? All you know, that whole area. Am I correct? You're pretty close to the airport, aren't you? Exactly. We're right across the street from LAX. Oh, okay. So, um, any event. So, so what? What actually? What was the? Mo- you know, the whole thing is, Mark. I, I I know. You know, setting up foundations or whatever. Um, it's it's not a cheap thing to do, and it's a hard thing to do. And it's not a lot of money. So, but what's the passion that drives you to do this? Because it's a lot. I know you work your butt off, and you uh, you fly all over the place. So, what what's kind of what's your passion behind this, Mark? Well, my, mine is uh, I've always had a, a very strong desire to to make the world a little bit better. That's why I chose Holocaust studies uh, as a first career. I have no personal connection to the Holocaust. None of my family members were in it. I simply saw it as a, an injustice that that we should be more tolerant and not try to kill people who are different than us or yeah. persecute people who are different. And after about 10 years in that field of trying to make the world better by reducing the evil in the world, one day I looked around the world and there were still genocides going on and still people killing people, and there yeah. still are today if you look around. We live in a world that... that you know, is a very dangerous place. And so I had this epiphany about 22 years ago that I wasn't succeeding in reducing the evil in the world. And so coming up with the idea of the Giving Back Fund has allowed me to do the exact opposite. It's allowed me to increase the good in the world. And I've had much more success in increasing the good than I did in decreasing the evil. So that's my uh, contribution. We've we've started some 300 foundations in the last uh, 22 years and given away millions and millions of dollars and helped an awful lot of people. And it's very rewarding to be able to be a part of that. Yes. So you've started you started 300 of them, Mark. That's that's that's. An, I didn't know you did that. Did that many? That's that's quite a uh, an accomplishment. And and by the way, did you say you got your doctorate in uh, in Holocaust studies? In Holocaust studies, correct. You, oh, so is it, you're actually Dr. Pollock? <laughs> well, you, you, you know me as Mark. So I know he's Mark, I, okay. But okay, I'm so, happy to be Mark. No, so I'll call you Dr. Pollock from now on. But anyhow, so I didn't know that. Um, so uh, it's it's funny. So, uh, but how does that work? Uh, set up hey, another, uh, this is Will Pierce. How does that work where you set up another foundation for a, like a very specific purpose? Like a sub-foundation? So we have the ability, a community foundation, uh, we're a community foundation, just like any local community foundation in Boston, New Hampshire, except the big difference is we're not geographically based. We're over the whole United States, and we do work anywhere in the world. So you could be anywhere you want to live, or you could live in several places, and start a foundation with us, and that work doesn't have to be local. It could be anywhere, as long as you have an American dollar that you want a tax deduction for, we can give you that. So we're able to give someone an immediate 501c3. And the idea behind the Giving Back Fund was to create an economy of scale savings. And I know, Barry, you like this. Yeah, I get yeah, you. Yeah, economy yeah. of scale savings to reduce costs in managing charity so that more money goes to whatever your cause is and less to administrative overhead. So we have one overarching 501c3, and we can give an infinite number of 501c3s underneath us, but we pay for all the overhead so that the individual foundations don't have to. So things like your annual 990, your annual audit, 
your DNO insurance, your registration in 41 of the 50 states that require it when you do fundraising. We do that for all the foundations we manage, and they don't have to pay all those fees. So right out of the door, you're saving, say, $50,000 in fees that if you were a standalone foundation, you would have to uh, endure. So that $50,000 can go directly to your charitable uh, intent, and it doesn't have to go to overhead. So it, it, it's a very efficient and effective way of doing philanthropy where more money goes to charity and less to administrative overhead. Yeah, Will's okay. got a question for you, Mark. So if I sure. were to just go out there and try to start a 501c3 myself, it would take maybe a year or two for to get per- to get that that um, from the IRS to get uh, the validation for it, but we, we can do it immediately yes, it, with you. It could take any anywhere from six to eighteen months uh, for the IRS to bless it, um, and then again you would have all those, uh, and that's another fee. When you apply to the IRS, you fill out a long form called a ten twenty three, and uh, and a lawyer fills that out for you, and it costs about eight thousand dollars. So. You save that as well. When you start a foundation with us, uh, there's no cost to open it. We just flip a switch, and you're ready to go today. You could start a foundation today. Yeah, so, so that's what. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's because to, to run a foundation to do it right, it, it, you gotta you gotta put some dough behind it. I mean, um, um, would you agree? I mean, because you, you know, you get you got to do a web. You do all the websites and all that stuff too. Am I correct? Or you'll help a, you'll assist a client? It's on com- yeah, completely turnkey. We put a staff around you, and everything is handled. We have um, a wonderful team of of experts that combined has about two hundred and fifty years of experience in nonprofit management, and you get to benefit from all of that. You get a, a person assigned as your day to day person. But really, you benefit from everybody on our team because we discuss all of the foundations collectively and collaboratively, um, and, and and so it, it's it's sort of the best of both worlds. You get um, all of the benefits of a standalone foundation, but um, none of the uh, the work and none of the expense. Um, yeah. So now the, the you have you have foundations all around the country, Mark. Am I correct? All around the world. Uh, we run Yao Ming's foundation in China. We run foundations in Africa, in the Sudan, in Haiti, uh, and all around the United States, yes. Yeah, which, which is phenomenal. Well, Mark, I'm proud of you. We've come a long way from the past 22 years since I first— It's been 22 years, Mark? I can't believe it. Uh, it's been tw- I know. <laughs> whoa, whoa. It seems like yesterday. It seems like yesterday. Well, well, the next time out in L.A., uh, we'll definitely— uh, grab dinner, whatever, if, uh, uh, or, or lunch, some of that. If, if I can get through the traffic on the 405, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we're uh, right. Our office is right next to LAX. So okay, all right. So, you'll just you could walk over. Really? Okay. So, um, uh, now the whole thing is that every, every time I'm trying to reach you, Amy, she's she's really nice. Whatever you're, you're you're flying here and there and everywhere. But what's kind of one of the you've seen a lot of these? What's been one of some of the great inspirational stories you've seen in, uh, in setting up some of these foundations? What really said, wow, this guy's got heart, or this woman's got heart, why, you know, I'm so glad I'm doing this. Anyone, anything come to mind? Well, so that's an interesting question. And, oh, we, you know, we started 300 foundations, and I like to say that it's like uh, having children. You love them all equally, at least you need to say that. But there have been some you know, amazing stories of things that we've done over the years, and um, and they really 
touch me and um i remember you, you know if you stay if you stay in a business long enough to stay standing um things come full circle and the very first client that we had 22 years ago was the then captain of the Boston Celtics because we were in Boston and I won't test you to ask uh, you to tell me who that was. I'll tell you, but it was a, a young basketball player named D Brown and uh, D Brown um, is, was the captain of the Celtics and he and his wife, Tammy started a foundation with us and we did an amazing uh, program that year um, in Roxbury, one of the poorer areas of, uh, of Boston where we, um, we brought about 300 uh, Christmas gifts to kids who otherwise would not have gotten anything for Christmas. And while that sounds simple, um, I remember being on stage that day with Dee dressed as Santa Claus. He was dressed as Santa Claus yeah. and handing yeah. out these gifts to these kids and just crying for how beautiful his act and, and their uh, excitement and enthusiasm and appreciation was. And now, 22 years later, you know, we do an event every year at the Super Bowl called Big Game, Big Give. Yeah, I was going to ask you We about raise that. over a, over a million dollars every year at the Super Bowl. It's, it's the biggest charity event at the Super Bowl. And it's in Atlanta this year. And wouldn't you know, Dee and Tammy live in Atlanta. Dee is now a coach of the Clippers in L.A. And we're friends out in L.A., but his wife, Tammy, lives in Atlanta. And she's going to be on our host committee for the Super Bowl event all these years later. And they have a daughter who's now the number one female college basketball player in the United States. She played for Duke, and she'll probably be the number one pick in the WNBA. So all these years later, our very first client, we're still working with, we're still in touch with. Um, I'll tell you one other story that that just really should touch your heart. We started a foundation three years ago for um, a famous Hollywood producer, who has two daughters that have the rarest of uh, childhood diseases. It's called Batten disease. Only 20 kids in the world have the disease, but it's literally a death sentence. There's no cure, and you can die from it, a a really painful death where you lose all function of your body if you don't find a cure. And so they started a foundation with us three years ago. We raised about $10 million right away using the social media that he had through his Hollywood connections. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg made a, a, a nice gift and The Rock and all these other celebrities got involved. And we got Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio to start a clinical trial. We got approval for the trial in the fastest time in U.S. history from the FDA. The trial is going on now and we may save these girls. And in the interim, Five other children of the 20 in the world who have the disease have come to us and started foundations. And we're trying to save all the children, but we now have five of them in the Giving Back Fund. So here's an example of, of what can happen when, when all of the components work well in leveraging celebrity and getting the right medical people involved. We got the top neuroscientists in the world. It's a neurodegenerative disease called Batten disease. So there's two examples of uh, of the 300. That, that, Mark, I'm proud of you. That's that's freaking awesome. That really is. And uh, um, you know, and what is bad? Is it like a respiratory disease? What is it? Is it... It's a neurodegenerative disease where you lose uh, your ability to walk and then to see and then to breathe. It's like ALS, and we work with ALS too. We work with Steve Gleason. Uh, it's like ALS for children, um, and you know how awful Lou Gehrig's disease yeah. is. Well, it's a disease like that that afflicts children, and we just have to find a cure. We have to. 
Um, and people can find more about you by going to www.givingback.org, right? Exactly. Yeah. Givingback.org. You know, and um, so I so uh, you you run so tell we I think it would be wonderful to tell the. Uh, this is a gratitude day for me, anyhow. Is that uh, I know you're grat- uh, you have a lot to be grateful for. Because could you t- share with our audience? Um, you know, you're running all around. W- what happened to you? Um, if you don't mind, you sh- shared it with me. Uh, how grateful you are to be on this earth? Sure. Um, yes, I, I think I'm running around a little too much, uh, and uh, uh, sometimes it's it's good to know your limitations. And I really didn't know mine. And, um, I'm just about to pass a million miles on United, and I'm always in an airplane. And uh, about two months ago, um, I felt a little tingle in my hands and my chest, but uh, it was the day before, it was actually the day of a, uh, a very big event we were having uh, with David Foster out in L.A. Uh, for this foundation that I just told you about, these, uh, these young girls with Batten disease. And so um, a friend of mine said, you need to go to the doctor. I said, no, I really don't have time. We have a big event tonight. And so I was convinced to just uh, stop by and make sure everything was okay. And I, uh, I, the doctor was on the way to the event, so I dropped. And my cardiologist uh, um, said, uh, I, it sounds like you might be having a heart attack. And I said, no, 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 I'm fine. I have an event tonight. Um, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she said, no, I'm calling an ambulance. I said, no, 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 you can't call an ambulance. I have an event tonight. And she said, I'm calling an ambulance right now. And I said, no, I, I'm parked on the street at a meter. You can't, I can't be in an ambulance. My car will get towed. She said, I will put money in your meter. You're going to the hospital. Sure enough, um, I was very lucky that day because I was hours away from what would have been a fatal heart attack. I had a 90% blockage in the major artery going into my heart. And I didn't know it, and I didn't feel it. And... For some, by the grace of God, I went to the doctor that day, and within 12 hours was uh, being operated on, and they put a stent in, and I'm very fortunate to this Thanksgiving to still be here. Um, so, yes, that uh, that was a lesson in, uh, in being a little more aware of... Uh... Yeah. Uh, are you still there, Mark? You're kind of breaking yes. up. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, we we have a lot to be grateful. Now, do you have uh, do you have family out here, Mark? Or do, uh... I do. Um, I do have family in Boston. I'm spending it uh, with my family and my children, and uh, I'm, I'm very grateful uh, for that. Yeah. So you know, um, the thing is, is so what is you now? I'm just kind of this is a philosophical. We spoke on the phone, I think, the other week uh, about this. What is the state of American th- uh, philanthropy today? Because a lot of it, too, market. I'm kind of jaded, okay, as you know me. Uh, a lot of it, I see some of these foundations, it's kind of like a, some of these billionaire play tools. Um, and some have been run like that. You don't have to answer that, Bacon. Um, but what is the state of American philanthropy? Are we a giving culture? This is Thanksgiving, after all. What's the story? Well, I have to credit... Um, Mr. Gates and Mr. Buffett, because um, nothing could have been um, more prescient than uh, several years ago, maybe just five or six years ago, the two of them came up with this idea of the giving pledge. You know, we're in we're in a period right now where um, mega wealth is being created. I just had an opportunity two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to uh, 
for the first time meet Jeff Bezos, um, $60 billion. I can't even imagine that. $160 billion. And Gates and Buffett are about 75 or $80 billion each. Um, there have been incredible amounts of fortunes created in our economy. Um, and coming up with the idea of the giving pledge, you know, if you have billions and billions of dollars, you can't possibly take it to the grave and you can't leave that much to your kids that will have no motivation in life. So what do you do with billions of dollars? The only thing you can do with it is, is in, invest it. So this idea of the giving pledge, which many, many of the world's billionaires have now signed on to, has created an explosion in mega philanthropy. And if you look around the country, big, big gifts are being given. Uh, Steve Ross gave $200 million to the University of Michigan. And um, gifts of $100 million are commonplace right now. And $100 million is a lot of money. And those are commonplace gifts. So the very, very wealthy are signing the giving pledge. Um, there's a peer pressure to do that. If you're a billionaire and you haven't signed that, you know, people wonder why. What are you going to do with the billions of dollars? And, and I think that's been a tremendous motivating factor in very wealthy people getting involved in philanthropy. Um, almost all the big titans of, of the tech industry have, have um, established foundations and they're doing big things. You know, the Chan Zuckerberg initiative is, is trying to cure. So they have big goals because they've made big fortunes. And I think that augurs well for philanthropy. Yeah, but I, I guess, but also, I'm, I, I, most of the charitable giving too. Also, it comes from regular old people. Would you agree on that? Just uh, through 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 religious. Um, oh, on Sunday know? morning, absolutely. The vast majority is church on Sunday morning, and it still is. It still is. Um, but I think we can do more. I think there's nobody who can't, and I and I want to emphasize this. You don't need to be a billionaire or a millionaire or even have a lot of money to do philanthropy. There's always someone less fortunate than you. No matter how little money you have, there's someone with less. And so everybody, every single person on this earth is in a position where they could help somebody. And, and I can't emphasize that enough that we can all do a little bit more to help others. Yeah, I would agree, Mark. And I, I admire you for it. I'm very proud of you, Mark. I, I've watched you really uh, grow this thing from essentially nothing, from an article in Forbes magazine to where you are today. Uh, so my hat's off to you. Um, is there anyone uh, who's doing anything about economic inequality? I mean, this is kind of um, – I was just curious about that because uh, being uh, who I am, is there anyone addressing economic inequality through found it, through charitable giving? Uh, I was just curious. That, would that be a possibility? <laughs> Well, um, I know uh, you, you had my board member and good friend Leland Faust on. Uh, oh, Leland. Oh, yes. Yes. He's a great he guy. He talks about that. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy and has been involved with us forever. And, uh, you know, he, he used to manage money for a lot of athletes and, and certainly encouraged them to be more charitable. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Leland's speaking up on it. And it's a small world, by the way, because uh, Leland Faust, if you can believe it or not, and you're a you're a sports fan. He's uh, friends with uh, Rick Barry, uh, the basketball player. Yep. Yeah. And yep. Uh, and actually, I got a text from Rick yesterday, wishing me a thanks, a happy Thanksgiving. But uh, I'm gonna have him get on. But yeah, so Leland Faust is, and I guess guys like me uh, talk about it. But in any event, that's another show. Um, 
But the power of celebrity, what, what do you think of some of like, I always think of, when I come to think of like the power of, of branding, if you will, with uh, Paul Newman, what do you think about that, You know, his, what he did with Off the Wall Gang? Well, you know, <clears throat> I'm a native Clevelander. Uh, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and that's Paul Newman's hometown. Is it? And he was my, yeah, he's from Shaker Heights, uh, and so am I. So Paul was my role model. When I started the Giving Back Fund 22 years ago, I saw what he was doing with Newman's Own, essentially taking exactly what my formula was, taking his persona, his famous face, putting it on products that were simple products, popcorn and salad dressing. That any, anybody uses, you could buy Wishbone or you could buy Newman's Own. And if you buy Newman's Own, 100%, not 99 but 100% of the proceeds go to charity. So why wouldn't you buy Newman's Own? So he leveraged the power of his celebrity on behalf of good, and they've now given away close to a billion dollars. He was the role model for all celebrities to do it right. He had enough money in life. He didn't need to earn any more money. So he created this company essentially as a driver for philanthropy, and they've given to thousands of charities, and it's all in the name of a famous person that if you ask your grandchild – um, you know, who's five years old, who Paul Newman is, he'll say, oh, that's that guy on the on the side of the, you know, lemonade carton. He must be lost. No, he's not lost. <laughs> they don't know who Paul Newman is, but they know that this is a face that has something to do with lemonade and popcorn and salad dressing and, and all of these products now fund philanthropy. So he's the gold standard and he's the role model for celebrities to leverage their power on behalf of philanthropy. Yeah, amen, Mark. You know it, that's why you know because I I'm a sucker. I go into the I go into the store. If I get salsa, I get Newman salsa. If I get cookies, I get Newman cookies. Good. You good. know, I I do. I mean, because uh, I and 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 they they have good ingredients. And so how how do they do that? And doesn't it, and and Barry doesn't it make you feel good to buy his, knowing that you're helping someone, because. Really, giving produces endorphins in a human being, and endorphins make you feel good. So it actually makes you feel good to give. Yeah, it, it's one of the best medicines in the world. Yeah. Now, how do, how do they do that? How does it they work in the code? Like, could could you do something like that through the Giving Back Fund for someone? I mean, because I know some people and who should be doing it, but they, <laughs> the I get, I get into arguments with it. Certainly, you know, I like to. You call me a doctor. The doctor that I want to be is to help people feel good by helping them give. That that's the best uh, prescription that I could give someone is is when you give to somebody else from your heart, uh, it's going to make you feel good. Yeah, and, and it really does. Because I, I always tell people, Mark, um, I've never seen a hearse with luggage racks, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> no. And here's another one. I got this from actually a, a new client out in Wisconsin. Uh, uh, he said, what are you trying to do? Put it in a pyramid and, and save it like an Egyptian? I mean, come on. Get it up. Get the money in motion. Get it going. And um, so, But you could consult with people like that if they, if they ever had that kind of um, inclination. Am I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's an old expression that life's greatest possessions are those which, when shared, multiply. Those which, when divided, are not diminished. You know, it's it's a um, those are uh, gee whiz. And um, now, and and tell us um, 
This has been wonderful, Mark. Tell us about the big. Uh, I actually you invited me to one of the big give shows, but uh, uh, it was in San Francisco. Whatever, I was in Vegas, but. So you, you do a big give each year, too? How, how does that work? You raise a million bucks or something like that? How does that so work? So the Super Bowl has more media attention than any other event in the world. 7,000 credentials are given out, and it's watched by 2.6 billion people around the world. So I thought, why not put philanthropy center stage on the world's biggest stage? So 10 years ago, I came up with the idea to create this event that would be the Saturday night of Super Bowl, and it would be the antithesis of a, of a Super Bowl party. Super Bowl parties, if you've been to any, are loud and crowded and noisy, and there's a VIP section, and if you're not in the VIP section, you really don't see VIPs. So I wanted to create an event that was the exact opposite, that was not loud, not crowded, not noisy, and that was all VIP, and that wasn't even in a venue. Our event is in a private home. It's a big home, but a private home. And we've now created nine of these. This will be the 10th year in Atlanta this year. Um, called Big Game, Big Give, which takes place in a private estate the night before the Super Bowl with 500 VIPs, about 100 celebrities and 400 people who can afford the $3,000-a-person ticket, all tax-deductible. And we raise about a million and a half dollars for charity. This year, the Black Eyed Peas are headlining it, and uh, it's going to be a phenomenal event in Atlanta. We have one of the most incredible homes you can imagine and wonderful homeowners who are passionately committed to making this event uh, extraordinary. We're trying to set another record. We've set several Super Bowl records for the most money ever raised at a Super Bowl for charity. And in our second year, uh, when we held it at Michael Bay's estate in Miami, it was named the number one event at Super Bowl by ESPN, the magazine, in our second year. Well, you know, Mark, you know, I should I should have showed up at any event, so... Uh... What do you have one in San Francisco? But hey, you know, um, I'm I'm so proud of you. You can still come. Well, can... You can still come this year in Atlanta. Okay, all right. Uh, well, well, thank you, Mark. And uh, when it, when is the Super Bowl this year? It's February third. February... So our event is the the night Saturday night, February second. All right. So, but anyhow, uh, this has uh, been a wonderful. Um, how can people get in touch with you, Mark? Um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? If if they so my. My website is givingback.org, very simple, givingback.org, and my email is mpollock, P-O-L-L-I-C-K, at givingback.org. Well, I, I wish you a, a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving, Dr. Pollock. And, uh, Thank you. And um, God bless you, and keep, uh, uh, keep going, Mark. You're doing a great job, and uh, I'm very proud of you. And uh, um uh, and uh, also thank Amy back there. You have a great staff there in L.A., and we'll, we, I will catch up with you the next time in L.A. And um, this has been a wonderful show, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, and I hope uh, you focus on the giving part of Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's a wrap behind some Phil. And keep pushing back the frontiers of ignorance. We'll see you next week on the radio, everybody. Take care, Mark. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This has been The Economic Warrior with your host, Barry James Dyke. Broadcast live at WSCA Portsmouth Community Radio. Engineered by Phil Kleiger. If you have any questions about today's show or need an ally in conquering the battleground of finance, contact the warrior himself at barryjamesdyke.com. Who are the warriors?